Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And we want to talk about something that Sherry is quite knowledgeable on. And in fact, it's a great subject. And she has even written a book, which we will talk about. So this is a good subject to cover. And it's been, you know, we've been doing this now for over a, a year with our podcast. And this is an important topic, but there's so many important topics, right? And we're just glad we're getting to it now. Mm-hmm. But talking to your children about healthy sexuality and their yeah. bodies. Yep. And I'm sure a lot of you are saying, oh, this is good. I want to hear this. I want to learn this. Um, yeah. And it's it varies depending on the age of the child. And so we're going to talk about that too, how you would start it. Right. And then maybe what changes would be appropriate as they get older or mm-hmm. become tweens and teens. Yeah. Yep. So some of this, I'm sure will come from her book, so I'll let her talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So a lot of parents, as I've gone around, I've presented all over the country talking to parents about how to talk to their kids about healthy sexuality. And the biggest surprise I think that a lot of parents have is that I say, hey, you know, start talking to your kids from birth, really, I mean, about this stuff. This is, you know, this is something that, they're getting messages from the world on a daily basis. Um, and so the question is, are they getting messages from you on a daily basis about what healthy sexuality is? Right. And you're, you're likely outnumbered. You think about the messages they're getting, which ones do you like and which ones do you not like? Mm -hmm. Well, how many of the messages that they're getting are the ones you like? Right. So, so if you're not saying anything, right. Then who is teaching your child about healthy sexuality every day? kind of scary to think about. It is. It is really <laughs> scary to think about, but it's a good wake up call, you know, for all of us to think about, okay, what are the messages that my child is getting? What are, what am I saying? What are they getting from elsewhere? Right. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, the analogy I use is it's like having a, um, having drug dealers on every corner and sending your kid out to school every day without ever having told them about drugs. Yeah. And just hoping and praying, like just they'll not care or do, do the whatever. right thing. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm just gonna send them out and they're gonna make good choices and hopefully they won't ever ever get involved with drugs, right? And that would be totally ridiculous to do. Negligent. Yes, and negligent even. I like that word. And yet how many of us don't talk to our children about healthy sexuality until they're much older well, or at all. Or, okay. you know, I mean, of course, as I mean, if a lot of us thinking back to our parents, right, didn't either didn't get messages at all. Right. Or it's like the one shot birds <laughs> and the bees. And, and now we will never, ever talk never about again. this again. Never again. You know, and 
you know, of course, again, we're sort of biased because we see people come into our office to talk about therapy who are in distress or overcoming right. issues. So we don't talk to everybody regularly, but the ones we do, it is a very common theme. Well, what about sexuality with your parents? What did they talk about? What did you learn growing up? Mm-hmm. Almost every time is like nothing, nothing or very, very little. And they were very uncomfortable and they did not want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which and is not really that's that is yeah. across the board what you see with pretty much everyone. I believe it. So here, you know, here we are as parents trying to figure out how to do this with our kids without having any experience except for very awkward, uncomfortable, skim, 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 move on and never talk about this again. Which is so sad when you think about it. It is. As big of an issue as this is and as much as they're seeing and hearing and for us to be fearful or insecure about talking to them about it, Uh what a disservice to them when they have all this information coming in and no way to filter it, Mm -hmm. maybe no one to talk to about it Mm -hmm. except friends who, well, may not be the best influence. And the internet. That's the number one source um, for children who are looking for information about sexuality. That is the actual number one source that they go to. And so look at all the messages they're going to get there, right? And then they're bombarded by stuff and then they don't know what to believe and they can't talk to their parents because their parents clearly don't want to talk about sex and super uncomfortable and weird. And so they're never going to talk to them about it. And so then they're getting all of this unhealthy and false information and then the curiosity and they're getting pulled into all of that because it's, it's arousing and enticing and interesting Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all of that. And then they're stuck, you know, so it's a real good place to get sucked in. It, it occurs to me that if your children want to talk to you about something that you are uncomfortable about, they're going to know that and sense it and avoid it like the plague. Oh, because 100%. they're not comfortable if you're uncomfortable. Exactly. And so it just makes me think back about uncomfortable conversations I'm sure I've had where... Right. So parents hearing this, make <laughs> sure the approach is like absolutely we can talk anywhere, anytime, how exactly we're going to talk about, but just the attitude, just having the right attitude when they approach us or when you talk about it. It's so, so true. Yes. I have heard parent, I've heard people talk about their experiences and their parents' uncomfortability Mm -hmm. with things and literally the words like, I thought, well, I'm definitely never talking to them about this again. (laughs) Right. Because they can sense it. They can feel it off of you. And it's like, oh, I just had a question and I didn't know how this worked. But clearly this is not where I am supposed to be coming. Yeah. That is the message, isn't it? Yes. You're not supposed to be doing this. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be asking these questions, which is horrible. We We want our children to be asking these questions. And we want them to be asking us. Yeah. And not Google Right? Ooh, doesn't it just make you sick to think about that? It's true. Asking Google. Asking Google. But that is, again, the number one, statistically speaking, the number one place that kids go. Yeah. Because their parents get weird and Google doesn't get weird. It just (laughs) pops out. It gets weird in a different way. Google doesn't care. Yeah. But they just, they get the information. Right? It's not the 
oftentimes anywhere near the correct information, but they're getting they're getting information. So we want to be the number one go-to for our kids. When oh, we're for talking sure. About these things, and that means that we have to be comfortable talking about these things. And if that means that you are that you have to practice with other adults <laughs> or with your spouse yep. or friends or whatever and just start having these conversations and saying all of the words that you will feel uncomfortable saying. Yeah. Right? Just over and over again. And I have done that in classes with parents before. Mm. Like, okay, everyone, we're going to say some Let's words. practice. Yep. So that you get comfortable with it um, and comfortable talking to your children about it about all of these different kinds of things, then you're going to be in a much better place yeah. to connect with your children about it. That's a good Any idea. I like it. Sexuality, really. Remove the, the shock and awe from your face when they ask certain things. That's right. not going to go well. Right. Right. It just, it's not going to be, it's not, it's not, it's just not going to go well. Right. Even if you don't know the answers. Yeah. Um, a great thing is just like, oh, hey, that is such a good question, right? And open that conversation for, you know, that also gives you time to think, right? Mm -hmm. Like, thank you for bringing that up. I'm so glad. Can you tell me a little bit about what brought this up for you? Great. Right? It reminds because me. Because then you're getting information about who they're talking to and what they're, you know, talking about. And yep. so that you're aware of what's happening in their lives. And then it also is giving you time and space to mm -hmm. think. If you don't know the answer, it's like, Hey, can we, you know, I want to make sure I like give you the right information. Can we talk about this like tonight and like set a time, like a very specific time so that you're not pushing them off, but yeah. they know like, Oh, I really want to talk to you about this. Like, let's do it after dinner when we have some time to, when I have some time to make sure, I look answers up right or like I know how to, you know, say it right or whatever, like however you want to phrase it or especially, you know, sometimes these things come up when you're in the middle of something big and you don't really have a chance to sit down and talk about it. Um, so you want to be able to say like, hey, like let's do this, like let's chat about this after dinner. Don't let me forget this really important fact. Let's put a timer on my phone so that we have it and we know we're 100% going to talk about it so the kids know that you are not pushing things off you're actually going to come and talk about this. Yeah, and just and such a, a reassurance deal. that they matter and they're important to you. I mean, yes. go beyond just the conversation and the content and what you're talking right, about. Right, Just the sense of, wow, I'm really important mm -hmm. is you can't do that enough. So right, it's a great right. approach. It's a great approach for any, any topic. And especially for these ones, you want your children to know that you are not just... Oh, let's discuss that later. Kind of and thing. later never comes. Yes. How sad. Yeah. You were saying it reminded you of something. I was just thinking if you don't know and you need to buy some time, it reminded me of teaching college where I needed the money. And so I just took whatever course they would give me early on, even if it uh -huh. was a course I wasn't very familiar with. And I had a, a statistics course Ooh. and I didn't read the book. I didn't know any of it. And students would ask in class, well, what about this? I would never do this today. I can't believe I got away with it. But <laughs> I would always just oh, say, no. what do you guys think? 
And there was always someone who just knew their stuff. And I think that's a great way. I was just <laughs> chuckling when she said that. To ask them, well, what do you think about it? Buys you time, gets you thinking about it differently. And they already right. have their own ideas, I'm sure. Uh-huh. So just one more. Right, right. It can help you as you're having those conversations. And that brings up uh, another good point is when you have discussions with them rather than telling them, right, and you're, you're having those conversations, they are participating. Yeah. They're getting their buy-in. And so when we talk about setting family values and different things like that, um, that's one of the important things is getting children's buy-in and having those conversations with them because then they're owning your family standards and values I like together. It. Definitely getting buy-in. Yeah. So that that's always really important and getting their perspective on things and their um, their understanding of what's going on and whatnot. So that's just always an important, um, an important aspect to, to have when you're, you're talking about this. So we go back to definitely making sure you're having regular conversations. I mean, this is something that should at least be happening weekly. I mean, you really should be having conversations as frequently as you can, because again, they're getting messages daily Yeah. outside of the home really coming in the home and so you want you know through their devices through media that they're consuming in the home and so you really want to have this opportunity to um, have a lot of really small bite-sized conversations regularly yep i love it and we're talking about this anyway with um, building family values and removing mm-hmm. distractions and taking time away from devices and having some time set aside just for nurturing and caretaking. Yes. Um, I know we love our downtime and we're exhausted at the end of the day. I get it yes. for sure. And this isn't a lot of time. This isn't all your time, but devoting right. some time to my children. What are they hearing? What are they talking about? I wonder what they're thinking about. If they have questions about things, I'm going to mm-hmm. set time aside for this, like Sherry's talking about. Yes. Yep. We definitely want to be making making those times. And again, a lot of these are going to be best when they're bite-sized conversations. Yeah. Right? Especially the younger the child, the more bite-sized it needs to be. Right? So, for example, when I was pregnant with my third... Um, my oldest would have been four and he came up to me one day, um, and very pregnant. And he said, mom, how does the baby come out? And I'm thinking in my head about, okay, like we're going to have like, there's all these things and you know, how am I going to explain, you know, all the different things and thinking through how I want to approach how this much detail, him, right. <laughs> and then how much detail and he's four and you know, so, um, and I'm very big into using proper names of body parts and explaining how, you know, bodies work. Cause I think that's really cool. And I mean, it really sure. is. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Our bodies are made in incredible ways and it's really important for kids to get a sense of that wonder, um, that their bodies can do so many amazing things. And so, so I'm kind of thinking about all of these things are going through my head a million miles an hour as I'm, you know, trying to decide how I want to start approaching this. And, and I said, and I started with, well, it's a process called birth. And, you know, I kind of took a breath in to kind of go through and start thinking, okay, so now how many, you know, what do I want to start with? And, 
And he said, oh, okay. And he ran off. Like all he wanted to know what it, <laughs> what it was called. And I'm here going through all of these things, you know, in my head about like, okay, and how are we going to explain like what happens to the body when the birth process starts and, and he just wants to know what it's called. So that is, I think, a really good reminder to slow down. Yes. And bite size, start with a little bit. And then if they're still interested and they want to know more, give them a little bit more. Yes. And a little bit more. Don't fire hose them with, okay, here we go. We're going to sit down and, and have And their eyes whole, are glazing over. Yes. Birds and bees conversation. It's going to be four hours long. You know, grab your popcorn and a blanket and your PJs because here we go. You asked a question. Great point that you don't need to give them more than they want. Right. And you can tell because they stop asking questions. Yeah. Or they're just kind of not listening like, okay. anymore. Yeah. And and that's a great point. Have, have that in the back of your mind as you're talking about these things. Um, and don't give them more than they need. Yeah. Yep. Kind of gauge what's going on for them and what they want. And I can say that because I am probably the queen of talking too much. <laughs> no. Too much information. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just like, oh, and then there's this cool thing and they're like, I really am done. <laughs> you know, whatever the topic is. I they're get looking really at their watch. about things. Yes. Yeah. So um, bite-sized pieces of information, especially the younger that they are. Yeah. That's where you want to be. So as we're starting these conversations, again, this is going to be several episodes long, but this is kind of the intro to how are we going to start to introduce this concept um, to our children. Um, or if hopefully you've already been having these conversations, but if you haven't, then this is how do I yeah. start this, right? Understanding that there are ways to start this from birth that these conversations should be regular, commonplace, um, something that is just a normal part of life type of conversations, right? It's not like we need to sit down and have a special moment on Sunday (laughs) in our Sunday dress. That everybody resists after a while, yeah. Yes, this is just casual. Some of the best Mm -hmm. places to do this are while you're gardening or while you're driving your car, because it becomes very commonplace, normal. This is just what we talk about because that's what you want your kids to believe about this topic. This is a commonplace topic I can always come to my parents about no matter what's going on, no matter if we're in carpool or if we're, you know, doing yard work, you want them to have that very comfortable um, feeling around it. And... You know, sometimes when you're talking about some of these things, they might feel a little uncomfortable and you might still feel uncomfortable in trying to figure out how to not, how to feel more comfortable. And again, so when you're doing things like yard work and driving the car, things like that, you're not, okay, we're sitting down staring each other in the eyeballs, right? You can, you're doing something else. You're making else. dinner, you're, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more of a free flow and it can be that'll always work better anyway right yeah it's easier to bring if you're doing something else yep you'll talk about it differently yeah yeah so that's a really good um good thing to consider so you want these to be very commonplace and very common so um regular you want um to have these bite-sized 
uh, pieces of information that you're sharing. Uh, again, the the smaller, the more bite-sized. So obviously, if you're talking to a teenager about abortion and things like that, you might actually be having a fairly in-depth conversation. Right. right? But, but definitely watch for their cues of what they're comfortable with. Do they just want to know what the process was called? Or do they want to know all the ins and outs of how birth actually occurs? I guess no pun intended there. <laughs> how the baby is coming out, right? Um, and then uh, be comfortable with it yourself. Yeah. Practice with all of yes. these different things, with whatever it is you're bringing up with them practice that topic be comfortable using names of body parts be comfortable um, talking about processes um, and just very matter of fact like this is mm -hmm. just it's it's interesting how worked up we get about this subject i think <laughs> it's really fascinating to me i remember in college even thinking how how easy it was for people to talk about sexuality in inappropriate ways and how completely incapable people were of talking about it in appropriate ways. Hmm. Yeah. It's just, if we start talking about like appropriate sexuality, it was like, and nobody can even talk. And like, or he's like, Oh, it was just so uncomfortable. Right. But yeah, when we were talking, you know, when people are making dirty jokes or like, you know, talking about, sleeping with people and whatever. It was just so free flowing and so easy to talk about. And I remember thinking, this is very odd. Yeah, it is odd. And really should cause us concern. <laughs> yeah, it should. Right. Because we can, we can see that with our, with children today, right? You can see that with kids. It's like, ha ha, like we can make these dirty jokes. But if you start talking about, it in appropriate or healthy ways, it's like, oh, stop. Like, ah, oh, we can't talk about this. Ah, it's so uncomfortable. Which is so sad, right? Because it is such a great thing, but it uh -huh. gets bent into this weird thing. Right. And if we're not careful, they don't have any template at all for it being okay. Yes. And not weird. Yes. So they get really the unhealthy is okay to talk about. Like, that's fine yeah. to talk about. And inappropriate and unhealthy ways of discussing it. And, or it's like really bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people in our generation got that message that sex was bad, you know, bad, Definitely. bad, bad. Right. Or, you know, if you did anything around it, it was super bad. And then oh, I don't know how many women I've counseled that then they're like, and then I got married and it's supposed to yeah. be like, but I have nothing. I don't have any concept of it. Yeah. I don't know what it is or what's going on. And Yet, and it, and I've been told it was bad my whole life, and now it's like, yay, you're good. And guess what? Go. It still feels bad. It still bad. feels bad. Yeah. And then we're doing all this trauma work with them, <laughs> trying to help them to be aware of their bodies and to own their own sexuality, which is really an awesome thing. And they should have a very good sense of their own sexuality and be and love it. And, and their husbands are confused. It. Because it's it's yes. way more natural for them, and they're like, "What uh -huh. is going on with this?" And if you're not sure why, it's way tends to be way more natural for men. Again, go back to our sexuality podcast where we talk about the difference between men and women, yep. and that men are constantly coming into contact with their sexual organs all the time, and women aren't. And 
we also have a very societal yeah. uh, double standard where it's totally acceptable for men to talk about and for boys to talk about these things and it's not for women. Right. And so oftentimes, you know, in our generation and older, women have, have go into marriage having absolutely no concept about anything. Like literally I've heard women come, they've said, yeah, I either I didn't get anything or the information I got on my wedding night was <laughs> have a towel. Yeah. It's terrible. Like what in the world? That's kind of freaky. It's scary that, that they don't, didn't have any information about their own bodies, how their bodies work, what was even expected or what happens in sex or even what their own bodies look like or what's going on with them. So if you're listening to this, commit to not my child. Yes. My child is not <laughs> going to have these issues. It stops not here. Not going to have these Maybe this was my experience, but I don't want it to be my children's experience. Right. And you can do it. You can. You can. So lots of introductory information to help you get thinking about how am I going to approach this or what are important points to be considering as we start talking about healthy sexuality. And stay tuned for the next episode where we go into more detail and some specifics about talking. See you then. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.